0: darkness is not always a
1: bad thing. I don't remember being afraid of the dark when I was a child. I do remember we had a small night light in the bathroom. And living in an urban neighborhood where there were streetlights outside our windows, the night did not bring a completely black darkness. Also, Since we were lucky enough to live in a sturdy house with wall heaters, being in the dark did not feel cold in the winter. I remember enjoying the darkness, no matter the season. I made an indoor cave in my bedroom by draping blankets over a card table and then crawled inside with a flashlight to read a book. Sometimes I pretended to be a hibernating bear and took a nap. It was cozy and peaceful in there, away from my noisy younger brothers. But enjoyment of the dark is not always a solitary experience. Who doesn't remember their first campfire, the dark looming beyond the circle we formed around the crackling flames? Firelight cast our faces in a flickering rosy glow We roasted marshmallows to make s'mores with graham crackers and chocolate. We sang silly songs. Our world became smaller inside that warm circle of light in contrast to the larger circle of cold darkness surrounding us. That contrast made me appreciate of both the light and the dark. The darkness of light brings pleasure and another kind of fun in October Halloween trick-or-treating and costume parties at night give me a thrill and excitement like no other experience. Dressing up as goblins, ghosts, witches, and otherworldly bizarre creatures offers us a chance to see each other in imaginative ways with small amounts of light casting weird and eerie shadows in the dark. We know the monsters are not real We know these are friends having fun. The dark is not truly scary. As you can see, the longer dark nights of winter are not depressing to me. I feel a sense of coziness and safety. I enjoy savoring and prolonging the moments before time to get up in the morning, snuggling just a bit more under the covers and listening to the silence. But I know not all people feel this way, especially those without money for heating utilities and the homeless without any shelter. One homeless couple, revered in Christian tradition for more than 2,000 years, needed a place to stay while traveling on the night of the winter solstice, the Roman date December 25th. Mary's baby was ready to be born, according to 4th century St. Augustine, quote, on the day which is the shortest in our early reckoning and from which subsequent days begin to increase in length, unquote. Come, let us ponder the relationship of winter solstice and nativity in day, today's celebration of silent joy. Get first... This is titled Winter Solstice, a poem by Dr. Reverend Rebecca Parker. Perhaps for a moment, the typewriters will stop clicking, the wheels stop rolling, the computers desist from computing, and a hush will fall over the city. For an instant in the stillness, the timing of the celestial spheres will be heard as Earth hangs poised in the crystalline darkness and then gracefully tilts. Let there be a season when holiness is heard and the splendor of living is revealed. Stunned to stillness by beauty, we remember who we are and why we are here. There are inexplicable mysteries. We are not alone. In the universe, there moves a wild one whose gestures alter Earth's axis toward love. In the immense darkness, everything spins with joy. The cosmos enfolds us. We are caught in a web of stars, cradled in a swaying embrace, rocked by the holy night, babes of the universe. Let this be the time we wake to life like spring wakes, in the moment of winter solstice.
0: Candlelight Meditation by the Reverend Gary Kowalski. Once more, the year turned round, we've come full circle on this small planet, spinning down the grooves of change, another revolution completed around the sun another year older, another set of rings on the tree. As seasons parade in endless procession, the people's troubles and prayers remain the same. The worries do not change. Generation after generation making the same mistake, so many thousands of circuits in a world filled with war and woe, full of sounds and fury bleared, smeared with toil, the ebb and flow never ending, the grating sound of pebbles which the waves draw back and fling at their return up the high strand. Begin and cease and then begin again with tremulous cadence slow, but bringing us always back to Christmas. Back to a place we've always known, where where we've never been before, back to a time that stands outside of time, not part of the regular orbit, but the axis of the year, the axis of the year, a still point of fixity, uh, the center post and ridge pole around which all the rest revolves. Christmas. telling us that history isn't just chasing its tail, not merely repeating, The same old tired story over and over of dog eat dog, might makes right, every man for himself, blow for blow. Not a tale told by an idiot, but assuring us that history has a direction and time has a purpose. That lines are real as well as circles, that the human saga has a goal still to be realized yet mysteriously present already here among us that the holy is enacting a new story on the earth. Christmas is not a creed we have to believe in. It's not a feeling that comes and goes. Christmas isn't something that happened long ago or didn't happen as the case may be. Christmas isn't a story we tell, so much as a drama in which all of us have become participants, whether we feel like it or not, whether we believe in it or not, whether we like it or not. Christmas is a reality here and now, just as love is a reality, and compassion, a possibility hidden inside every interaction of how we choose to be with one another. For whether we feel like it or not, we are all brothers, and whether we or not we believe it, we are all sisters, siblings, born of a single womb. Whether we like it or not, we are all one tribe and share but one fate. Separateness is the illusion, while interdependence is the plainest fact. We know it in our heads and when we know it in our hearts, then the center will be everywhere and the circumstance or the circumference will have no boundaries and the sun will rise on a new and different kind of dawn. It's okay. We join now in meditation. In this moment of half-life, half-light and half-shadow, It was bound to happen one of these years we join now in meditation in this moment of half light half shadow the glow of candlelight and starlight we are able to look upon the world now with the eyes of day but no not with the eyes of day but with another kind of vision the illumination of faith not sight a twilight where edges soften harsh outlines where, how, where harsh outlines begin to gentle and the colors start to fade. No more white or black, red or yellow, but one common race a uh, humankind, diversity in all its beauty and peace then descends on all. In this half light, the familiar becomes strangely unfamiliar what we thought we knew seems more wonderful and sacred. Our lives, the people who share our world, the things we took for granted seem more precious, more beloved, and goodwill is a presence we begin to sense. Palpable, like a pulse, the heartbeat of a great organism, a world praying in unison for a kinder earth, a more humane future. Spirit of candlelight, be with us, we pray. When this night has come and gone, in the glare of conflagration, in the harsh combustion of events, kindle these friendly lights to guide us on the path.
1: This is an invitation to Christmas by Sherry Woodbury, whom you might remember was an intern with us and uh, we are well acquainted with her. On this eve of mystery and magic, let us enter into the Christmas story as if we were there on the holy night.
0: What part will we play this year?
1: Are you the mother? trusting your body to know what to do when the time of birth comes?
0: Are you the father protecting your vulnerable family from unknown threats on a strange journey?
1: Are you the innkeeper who has no room or will you take us in?
0: Perhaps you are the animals who hear the child's first cry.
1: But who will sing the songs of rejoicing for the precious babe?
0: Who will rise up and follow the bright star of hope, even if it means a few lost sheep?
1: What wise men will give away their wealth and remember what to adore?
0: And when the holy family must travel once again, who in this harsh land will shelter them?
1: On this silent night, let us search our hearts for our place in the Christmas story that never ends.
0: Let us choose again our role in the incarnation of love. This year, now our second Christmas during COVID, is starting to weigh on us, whether we name it or not. And this ancient story that has been told again and again and invited those allegorical questions. Who are you? Who are you? Who are you in this story? Who are you this year in this ancient nativity? This story is feeling so familiar that it's almost not feeling that helpful any longer. I like the line. I didn't remember it when I was thinking about this homily that uh, from Gary Kowalski's piece about the familiar, unfamiliar, the unfamiliar, familiar. And I think we've become so familiar with COVID that at times it has felt like we haven't, we're not really clear what is normal or or the new normal or what should we become familiar with, be familial with, warm up to, And what shouldn't we? What should remain unfamiliar? What should remain uncomfortable to be around? Silent night is in many people's experiences of Christmas Eve, an essential part of the service where the lights dim and it is dark and one by one, candles fill the room and remind us once more that love has found its way into this world again. And yet we were talking earlier this last week, a couple weeks ago, how can we do Silent Night if we have to blow out the candle afterwards? And how do we do Silent Night if we're not singing because of COVID concerns? How can we do Silent Night? How could we retell this story during a pandemic? And for that matter, how do we open to joy, our theme for this month that we've been talking about, opening to joy amidst a pandemic, amidst a new variant, amidst another milestone again and again of deaths or losses or of school closures or of of financial hardships facing people around this country and clearly around this world. And so I thought about on this silent night, on this quiet night, personified so, or, you know, created so beautifully by our welcome today, that even on this silent night, there may be ways to find that soft spot, that gentle spot where the sides and the edges can soften, where we're able to recognize a joy, a small joy, or perhaps we might call it a silent joy. Interesting. Silent joy is kind of an interesting blur of Silent Night and another, another song, maybe. Oh, that's tomorrow. Joy to the World. A really big one. If you, if you like that song, some people play it at the midnight services. The silent night and joy to the world, very different energy, very different understanding of the place in that story. And, and yet it feels like even in our joys, in our moments of joys, perhaps seeing grandkids or seeing kids home for the holidays, being able to uh, have some familiar uh, faces, see some familiar faces stretch, uh, you know, strengthen a familiar muscle of coming to the congregation on Christmas Eve, listening to beautiful music, hearing fun and silly children. That even amidst those small moments of joy, it's not clear how to feel. I think that it's right that our joys this year are not percussive and vibrant it feels proportional, appropriate to where we are as 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 a as humanity. That it would be a, it would it would feign credulity to shout out joy to the world, and yet also Silent Night is not to be thrown apart, thrown cast aside, for even in our silence, even in our silence. Candles can be lit. Even in our silence, light can be passed. Joy can be felt even as it feels that this is not going away, that we're not going back to normal anytime soon. But even in that silence, joy is not fully absent. In a moment, we're going to rebuke the the, uh, COVID task force. We're not going to sing, but we are going to light candles. We're not going to blow them out, but we are going to gather them. It's not a big rebuke, but it is, we are doing Silent Night. Because amidst even that restriction, there is a light to be shared and a joy to be felt no matter the gathering, even no matter the night. We say each night a child is born is a holy night. And I believe that to be true. And so this night, as we dim the lights, turn off the lights, and we listen to familiar, familiar music on a night of beautiful music, I invite you to think about the choice you have to stay where you are, it's in the dark, so we won't know if you failed to come up. But the choice that you have to come forward and light a candle, the choice to kindle amidst the silence, to kindle amidst the darkness, amidst another Christmas during a pandemic. I welcome you into that choice. And I open my heart, and Cynthia does, hoping that we choose joy, that we choose joy tonight. Howard Thurman.
1: When the song of the angels is stilled, when the star in the sky is gone, when the kings and princes are home, when the shepherds are back with their flocks, the work of Christmas begins to find the lost, to heal the broken, to feed the hungry, to release the prisoner, to rebuild the nations, to bring peace among the people, to make music in the heart.